You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to another episode, a sequel to Brain Stew. That's right, baby. We're back again with more gory goodness, bringing the horror to your eardrums. And uh, this week we're talking about a brand new horror movie that just landed in theaters last week, which a lot of you were talking about. So we're super pumped to be here tonight. My name is Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm Be Ready. And thanks for listening to the show this week. If you like what you're hearing tonight, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. And show us some love on social media. But we couldn't do this one alone. I know they say that a lot, but it's just an excuse for us to bring on amazing talents, such as the individual that's on with us this evening, our friend Joe from Movie Dumpster. What the fuck is up, Woo! dude? What's up? What's up, man? Thanks for thanks for having me again, guys. Um, I don't know if I'm an amazing talent, but uh, yeah, I could talk about some movies for sure. You are an it. amazing yes. talent, sir. Yes, you are. <laughs> Everyone Please. sees it. Thank Everyone you. sees it, and I'm, we we admire it, and we love the shit out of you. I'm just a dude. Um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to you know blend in with y'all because I'm an alien. So the biggest <laughs> movie talk hustler in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Go Seriously, on. You gotta get some gold yet. chains and some diamonds on that shit. And well, I'm definitely not getting the money, but okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> You'll get there. Believe me, you will. But <laughs> this is a movie that, like I said, so many people are talking about. It's a non-IP. It's a non-franchise. It's a new original horror movie released by A24. We're talking about Ty West's X. And, well, unfortunately, it did not knock the socks off the box office, but... With 2,865 theaters in its opening weekend, it finished fourth with $4.4 million. But I think, guys, it's not really that bad. And I think the real win here is that A24 gave a huge chance to something like this and that us as horror fans got a chance to see a movie like this in the theaters. So, I mean, I don't know what else to be more thankful about than right now. I think the year in general is off to a great start for horror movies. And this was just more icing on the cake. I just wanted to go around the horn here. We'll start with you, Jeremy. I know you're a big Ty West fan. Did you have a lot of uh, anticipation leading up to this? X gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. Um, Dude, yeah, anytime. <laughs> when the dog is fucking hungry, give him a bite. Where my dog's at. <laughs> I just knew you were going there, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Any anytime Ty West has a film coming out, it 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 has my immediate attention. I went out of my way to know pretty much nothing about this film. I didn't go to the IMDb. I didn't read any synopsis. I watched the trailer, but the trailer doesn't really give away a lot. I honestly, I thought it was going to be a vampire movie. Um, kind of just which still shocks me that you thought that, dude. I don't know, man. It just. <laughs> The trailer with the with with the old lady and, and just the the tone. I'm like, all right, is she like a fucking vampire and she's gonna like 
start picking these kids off, trying to, like, steal their youth. That's kind of where I thought it was going. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that this thing was a full-blown slasher film, man. Like, and unlike one we've we've ever seen before, in, in my opinion. So, yeah, man, I... And seeing a Ty West movie in theaters, that's that's a first for for me. I don't know if he's had anything that's really got a, a wide release like this. So it 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 was exciting to see this. Uh, he's definitely one of my most favorite current horror directors. I mean, I I, I literally love everything he's done. Uh, even in the Valley of Violence, which was a western, was fucking fantastic. So yeah, my anticipation for this film was 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 really high. Awesome. Joe, how about you, man? Oh, geez, man. Um, This was a pleasant surprise. I think the last Ty West movie that I had seen was um, The Innkeepers. I didn't see I didn't see The Sacrament and I didn't see uh, what was that in the Valley of uh, in the Valley of Violence in the Valley of Violence. Yeah, I didn't I didn't check that out, but I do want to see that. Um, I remember when House of the Devil came out and just like blew my fucking mind. Like, yeah, you know, we were in a we were in a period where the resurgence had just begun, right? You know, I think uh, what Adam Green does Hatchet around the same yeah. time was like two thousand nine ish. So you have the resurgence of the eighties uh, slasher and bringing that all back, and the VHS boom. And I remember specifically um, House of the Devil coming out and uh, and it coming out on VHS, and like that was like a huge fucking deal. Um, and I remember being at Monster Mania and like picking it up, and then you know wanting to be like this 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 is the kind of movie I want to make and like this is what I want to do I want to release it on tape and all that kind of stuff um but as far as far as this new flick goes man blew blew me away and and I'm going to echo Jeremy's sentiment in terms of uh the fact that this is so incredibly unheard of. A24 was like, just gave him the fucking keys to the castle. It was like, go yeah. ahead, man. You're going to write, direct, and edit this, and we're just going to put it out and see what happens. Um, I had such a good time with this, man. It was it was me and one other dude in the theater sitting behind me, and uh, um, it was it was it was really great. Um, it, it was so nice to see. Uh, not so much a return to form, but some a, a movie made by somebody who loves the films that I love, and this echoes that that sentiment. Um, just like again, like House of the Devil, um, the that that seventies aesthetic and nailing it and not beating you over the head with it, you know. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that you thought it was a va- about vampires because I thought it was going to be something like the taking of Deborah Logan, kind right. of. Where the old woman would be like some kind of possessed creature or something like that. Um, I don't want to spoil too much because uh, I guess we'll get into yeah, it. But, whatever, uh, man. We're going to go all in on this motherfucker so you can say whatever you want about yeah. it. <laughs> well, I'll get to it when we break it down. But uh, but yeah, I, I had such a good time. And, and it, it, I, I again, just like Jeremy said, like I can't remember the last time I went to a, uh, the movie theater and saw an original horror Um movie and that got me so fucking excited to go and sit down and and see something that didn't have a fucking IP attached to it it wasn't a remake it wasn't a reboot it wasn't a cash in it was just straight up fucking here's here's the deal here's the original idea uh, and uh the execution was great it was ref- it was refreshing let's put it that way i couldn't agree more that was that yeah. was the thing i said like 2 days after i saw it it was it felt like a fresh steak right to the heart of the genre yeah, that it needs so badly Brady, how about you, man? Like leading up to this, have you had you seen uh, Ty West's other movies? Were you anticipating this? I know you're a big Friday the Thirteenth fan, and this movie does 
echo some of those vibes at some points. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't say that I'm a huge Ty West fan. I've seen House of the Devil, um, The Innkeepers, and um, I saw him in his role in Your Next. And I really like what I've seen, but with so much that I've been trying to catch up on, like he fell to the wayside. There's just not, he doesn't have a lot of stuff out where I can consume all at once, you know. Uh, when this came out, the trailer was around the same time as like Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Netflix. And so I was often getting the two confused because like looking at the trailer for this, it, it looks like a Texas Chainsaw movie. That vibe, that kind of grimy grindhouse. Yeah. But um does it better it, yeah it's the I mean, most Chainsaw people are saying this deserved. is the yeah it's, that's exactly what yeah most people uh, are saying right now and you know unlike jeremy and joe like i this was on my radar but i mean when you look at the list of horror movies that are supposed to come out this year you had scream you have the new evil dead installment you have a bunch of stephen king adaptations which i'm a huge fan of like i there's this was kind of middle middle ground for me um yeah. so i went into it there were three other people in the theater, an old couple, and then some other dude on the other side of the theater. Were you distrusting and, of the old couple? Uh, <laughs> about halfway through. Were you frightened of them because they were old, Brady? In the middle of the oh, theater, I stood up and I said, you can't have my youth. <laughs> but uh, I was expecting a supernatural element to keep popping up. And I guess to some extent you can say there is, but the movie just really fucking hit slashers on the head for me. Like, it's it's part Texas Chainsaw is part Friday the 13th and it's, those are two of my favorite franchises and it's just something that was great to watch and not see Leatherface or not see Jason and, and have its own new unique thing and I'm so happy that A24 gave Ty West that chance and that we got this because like all I've been thinking about is this movie since I saw it yeah I actually had to go see this twice in theaters I just needed to take that opportunity to do that and it sounds like, Jeremy, were there a lot of people in your crowd tonight when you saw it or no? There was probably nine people in the theater. Okay. So I'm thankful that the first time I watched it, I got to do an advanced screening at Alamo Draft House, and it was packed. And I'm glad I got to see this movie with a packed theater with people that were super enthusiastic about it because th those are those feelings that I, I always feel like I missed out on in the 80s because I was born in the 80s, but I wasn't of proper age to go and see all the huge slashers in the cinema and see when you hear these stories from older people that got to live that, you know, being in that room with like-minded people and being excited and shouting and laughing. And it, it, it had that same feeling to me. So because of the aesthetic of the movie and that it takes place in 1979, it just, I, it, I was transported back, you know? Um, and leading up to this, this was definitely, um, one of my most anticipated horror movies. It's been fucking, what, over 10 years since Ty West has made a horror movie? Yeah. So it, it literally is a miracle that, you know, he he had this idea. I, I would, A24 I would, I would argue that The Sacrament's a horror film, though. Was that, has, was that, is that 10 years old already? I have no yeah. idea. Um, I just know that... It, in, it actually in, might when be close he, to that. He wrote an email... Uh, or he wrote like a long thing and A24 emailed it to everyone if you're on their list or whatever. And he had just said it had been like almost 10 years. Dude, yeah, yeah. It was, it's been nine years since he made the sacrament. Yeah. Holy fuck. So dude, time goes yeah. by quick now. So, <laughs> that's some crazy shit. But I mean, going into this, the trailers looked great. I mean, it just looked beautiful. And there are certain things you expect when it says the name A24 before it. So I always expect a, a prestige like a very classy look to the movie. There's always mm. a similar tone throughout most of them. Um, but it, it, this had 
the best of everything. It had that beautiful, beautiful cinematography uh, done by Elliot Rocket, who did, you know, The Innkeeper's House of the Devil as well. Like, gorgeous fucking A24 cinematography. But it still felt like those classic exploitation early slashers that we fucking love and die for so, so much. Um, you so just nailed it, dude. That, that classic look. That, that cinematographer knows how to shoot a film to look like the films that we love, that we hold so dear to us, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that first opening shot. Yeah. Oh, man. Just from, from, I think it's from the barn, the angle mm-hmm. from the barn yep. just of yeah. the house, that super wide shot. And it just lingers there for like mm-hmm. a good minute and a half until actual movement and characters start to go into the frame. It's beautiful. You don't, I do you don't see say, horror directors do that very often anymore. For that part, too, like opening with showing all these bodies covered with sheets, I was like, holy fuck. I was like, are they going to give us a movie where everybody in this movie actually like fucking dies? I, I thought that's where they were going to, man. <laughs> I was like, I was dude. super stoked for it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, well, this is not going to end well for anyone, I think. It, it keeps you guessing, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, it makes it makes the tension. It, it jacks it up, actually, can, to tell you the truth. Can, well, you know what? I'll, I'll give the uh, the synopsis real quick. In yeah, case, I, was, I was just about and, to have one yeah, of you just, come up with the most half-assed version of it that you could. Just in <laughs> case, you know, uh, somebody's listening to this has no idea what the fuck this is because I, I certainly didn't until... Two hours ago, I literally, Joe, I, I just got home from the theaters. Like, I literally just saw this movie. Um, oh, man. So so you haven't really, like, fully processed this Yeah, yet. no, but, I mean, I know I know how I feel about it enough that I can, I can talk oh, on time, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the plot for X is, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when the reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast finds themselves fighting for their lives. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there. Um, man, Martin Henderson as Wayne was Matthew McConaughey. He was fucking one hundred percent Matthew oh, yeah. McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, baby, we're gonna make a fucking pornography film. Here <laughs> we go. Holy <laughs> goddamn shit, that was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, that was fucking perfect. On top of all of his other talents, Joe is also a voice actor. Holy shit. Uh, I'm not a voice actor, but I like to do voices. It's fun. Dude, yeah. And he's and McConaughey's funny as shit. But yeah, but no, amazing. I totally agree, man. I'm like, man, could you imagine if they would have actually gotten Matthew McConaughey to make to be in this movie? Like, I mean I think it would have I think it would have took me yeah, out of it. Really? To tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I gotta agree with Joe. I actually loved that the cast was all I mean, there's Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth, whatever. They're, they're names, but they're not. Pretty Cuddy. Cuddy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but they're not huge box office stars. And that's what I loved about this. And it was another huge aspect of those early slasher movies that I love is they're just like young, slightly unknown actors in there. They're not big stars. I actually didn't like, uh, what is it, Jenna Ortega? I didn't like her in Scream 5, but I liked her in this film. So there you well, go. I mean, I think she did a great job in that movie. I think she did a good performance, but I found myself wanting to, I'm going to apologize right now on air for saying this, but I felt like I wanted to, is that, I don't know, because she's constantly I, sniveling the entire time. Yeah, and yeah, Kind of, yeah. Yeah I, can, I, 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 yeah, I can get with that for sure. I don't know. Yeah, here She's I am. great in this though. I, I oh, love yeah. her. I love her arc in this. Wonderful. Yeah, I think that that's the one thing we jump off with the fucking cast. I think it's a, a brilliant cast of characters. I think all of the characters are really fleshed out pretty well, um, and they're all very 
individual. It goes back to that slasher playbook where, you know, you'll have the goofball or you'll have, you know, when you look at archetypal characters, you have those here. And I think it's a great chemistry within the group of all of them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think what makes it work really well, too, is like you you get a certain level of attachment to all of them that makes it more impactful when they all die. You know, like which is yeah, which is a perfect example of all the things that we're not getting now. And everybody says that you don't need in a film, (laughs) Uh, but you do. Um, Even some of those older slashers, man, it's there if you're looking for it. and, And this definitely delivers on that front for sure. Yeah, they they, you know, a lot of times in horror, you know, they introduce characters that they intentionally try to make you dislike a little bit. So when when it is time for them to get picked off, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, kill that motherfucker. But this one, like like you said, Brady, this one felt like they really Ty West really put a whole lot into all these characters to make them likable, flawed. Absolutely. You know, strange and different. Absolutely. But. Likeable. I mean, you almost even kind of feel for the for the villain a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. You're like, oh, man, like, you know, we're all going to be there at some point. We're all going to be old looking back at when we were young and seeing young people of- and wishing that, like, you know, that you could go back to that moment. I get it. Well, you guys do it to me all the time. I know. I mean, you guys are basically Pearl on this camera I've been, every time. I've been trying to. I've been trying to steal your youth since Simone. I met you, Brady. That's why. Jeremy's that's why over we there singing you landslide in his basement. Bro, why do you I think every Friday we would have to go out and drink together? Seriously. Oh man! Live my life around Birata Alada. I want to be twenty-five again. Give it to me Dude. right now. That fucking scene was great. I got to tell you something. When they when they played landslide, I was like, okay. You got me. And and you know what? I fucking cried at that part because, especially now, I don't know if you guys echo the same sentiment, but when I listen to that song now, I'm like, oh shit, I know what Stevie's talking about. Now, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like oh, damn. And then like seeing the, the character of Pearl and, and, and that kind of descent, um, <laughs> I don't know. Again, you, Jeremy put it perfectly. You have, you have some empathy for the, uh, for the quote unquote villain of the story for sure. Yeah, and the movie definitely deals with age and sexuality pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. Is is very heavy themes, and that's something religious that, tones. Big there's, time. There's, we mm-hmm. haven't seen. There's butt, uh, dick, <laughs> fucking boobies. There's old people uh, fucking in this movie. fucking dung, dude. <laughs> dude, that was so fucking good. <laughs> did you did you guys laugh a lot in this oh, film? Yeah. Like, dude, this this oh, yeah. movie is so fucking hilarious and great. I laughed at it with it, not sure, at sure, it. Sure, sure, right? sure, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are going to laugh at this movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I think because... I, maybe some of the you know GA, what I'm saying? for sure, yeah. Some of the people yeah, that go yeah. to see, like, every fucking Conjuring movie, you know. So, exactly. I had to I'm, ask you guys, too. I was talking to Justin about this the other day, and I was reading some reviews, like, right after I saw it, and I saw, like, a bunch of people were complaining that Ty West was, like, furthering the stereotype about old people being ugly and gross and aging as disgusting. Did you guys get like that? Like I didn't feel like that's what he was going for. They, I think the, no, they the ma- makeup work was yeah, great. They, they made the two central spoiler alert, the two central villains. They, he, they made them disgusting. Like there's no, mm-hmm. I mean literally I, I sent you guys a picture and I posted it on Facebook. Um, Fucking Gargamel and Karg. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Howard, Howard, that, fucker. Howard that plays the old uh, Pearl's husband, um, he literally, I was like, that's fucking Gargamel. I was like, it looks like a mix between Reggie Bannister, <laughs> Reggie Bannister from Phantasm, yes. and Gargamel. Like, holy shit. I was going to, oh my God, I was going to say uh, the dude from Terror Vision. 
the guy who who helps uh, um, Garrett Graham install the fucking uh, satellite dish. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> kind of looks just like him, dude. If he got old, and he probably looks like him now too. I forget the I forget the actor's name. He's in a bunch of Full Moon shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, the one thing that as soon as I saw Stephen Year plays Howard, um, the makeup. I mean, at first I thought it, you know, because they didn't show his face for I think the first fifteen minutes he's on screen, and then when I started seeing more and more of his face, I'm like, man, that's kind of really fucked up. Like they found a guy that looks like that. I'm like, no, it's makeup. And I realized <laughs> he, he reminded me of something I'd already seen, and then I realized I was like, oh man, this guy's worked on Mask before as like goblins and different kind of monsters in the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies. And then I was like, oh yeah, they shot this in New Zealand and we'd have worked on it. So that kind of makes sense that this guy had, had that pedigree in him. And that's why they would have, they would choose someone like that. Sure. It was incredible. Yeah. Let's, let's throw that out there too. He was oh fucking oh amazing. Goodness. Him and Mia Goth. Uh, let me tell you something, man. Um, just real quick before we move on. Um, yeah, the 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 idea of of uh, what Brady was saying about uh, the stigma around getting old and things like that, I think that's some bullshit because we are shown a scene where they both um, think each other is still beautiful and 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 they love each other and stuff, and getting old is is, is okay, hmm. but it does suck, you know. Yep. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's let's not let's not mince words. I mean, it does, dude. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and just jump right into this. It, the scene where the the old couple fuck. <laughs> oh, god. oh my yeah. god, dude. Um, I looked at my my, my buddy was, Dave was with me, and when it was like leading up to us, I looked over at him. I went and I whispered because it's a fucking movie, you know. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, dude, they better not. They better not. <laughs> and and Howard's like, What about my heart, Pearl? And she was like. I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, just come on and stick it in there, sweetheart. Let's go. You see his old fucking ass thrusting in. Dude, his first big thrust, he was like, Hurrah! Dude, I, I laughed so fucking hard that people in the theater probably were like, wow, this guy's really enjoying this scene. <laughs> that scene is like this macabre, beautiful a uh, tension-ridden scene because Mia Goth's under the fucking bed the whole time while these two are plowing each other. <laughs> and how often do you see people of that age fucking? Dude, ever? I, you don't. You know. You know. You see that? You know what's really funny? I'm. I'm. I'm glad you said that, Justin. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, dude, I watched uh, Jacob's Wife with Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden, and they actually have. I still need to see that, dude. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really fun movie, man. I. Highly suggested the uh, Bonnie Aaron that plays the nun in the nun movies and the Conjuring and shit like that. She plays a vampire in that movie, which is she looks fucking rad. But anyway, so oh, sick. dude, there is a sex scene with Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden where Barbara Crampton is actually nude in the scene, and she was on uh, Mick Garris's mm. podcast, and they talked about that. And Mick was like, <laughs> you know, you know, people when they get to a certain age, they typically don't do nude sex scenes, but you went for it, and yeah, it, it that doesn't happen very often and uh that's because barbara crampton is a fucking goddess dude, dude. she is a dude, vampire oh man she was at monster mania like a week ago or whatever and holy fuck i'm like yeah she's like in her mid 50s if not late 50s and she is fucking smoking hot still oh yeah man and she's such a sweetheart too i missed out on that bummer yeah, yeah. so anyways uh yeah but it is rare to have you know older people fucking on 
in in movies. Yeah. So you know, but old, yeah. old people and, and, be fucking man. And like <laughs> Joe was saying too, the scene is there to make you uncomfortable, but also the whole time you're feeling uncomfortable. I was thinking about it, you know, I was dissecting it in my head. Like I shouldn't really. This is almost beautiful in a way, and I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling that uncomfortable. It's just too human beings that have aged you know so just so fucking just just <laughs> so something? many so many emotions just, dude really justin honestly. looked down at his dick and he was like i don't give a fuck how old we get we're fucking still <laughs> <laughs> i wanted can i ask something that's gonna spoil the movie yeah or do i have to wait be ready do you need to be <sighs> put me to bed put me All over right. your knee go ahead so go ahead you're allowed spoiler alert howard dies at the end he dies from a heart attack do you think yes. that if he and Pearl hadn't have had sex, he would have survived? No. Okay. I mean, yes, he would have survived. I mean, no, yeah, no. It has nothing to do with the sex is what okay. I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I no. mean, it's entirely Because his heart possible. was already weak. You could think of it either way. I he mean, was already, already worked up, other. yeah. Yeah, his heart could be still be... Pa- I mean, because literally... He was putting they, in some good thrusts. They, get done going. Yeah! They, come, they come towards the house and it's like within the next couple minutes, he's on the ground. You yeah. know, so. since, we're, since we're talking about spoilers, I don't know what the fuck would make your heart race faster than shooting somebody in the chest with a shotgun. Yeah. Besides sex. Like, come on. Dude, that was uh, that was yeah, that was, that was a that was a tense ass scene, man. I, I loved it. And, and also, oh. I, I loved that. That Kid Cudi's character was, you know, he was he's walking around, he's trying to help this old man. He's trying to help this old man find Pearl, his wife. And he ends up finding a car that has been intentionally pushed in that lake. So it lets us, the audience, know, oh, okay, yes. like, th- these elderly people have been killing people for a long time, probably. And I'm going to jump around a little bit. The scene where Jenna Ortega's character is put in the basement, in the cellar, there's a dude oh. that's butt naked, fucking dick dangle city status, and I thought that that was uh, her boyfriend's character initially, and then I was like, oh wait a he minute, did. like, mm-hmm. no, nah, he pretty much kind of got decapitated, so it was yeah, it was somebody had, else yeah. that they had. Just... It was the dude from the uh, milk carton. Oh damn, dude! Oh, was it really? Yeah. Dude, when when Kid Cudi goes to drink out of the milk carton, I yeah. looked again the second viewing, and I was like, "Oh, that's the dude." That's yep. a little you know Easter egg there. Damn, set up some payoffs, man. Rata alada. Yeah, that was the one thing that I noticed in this movie. Even you know my first viewing, because when I saw the movie, they had not announced the news until literally like I got out of the cinema. I saw on Twitter someone post about you know the fact that he had already filmed Pearl and it was already a thing in terms of a prequel, but I could tell in the movie that there was like this world building going on with, you know, obviously the car in the pond or whatever homage to psycho. But I was like, this is leading to other stuff. I was like, there's so many little bits and pieces here to connect the dots. I'm like, they're leading up to something more. I'm like, or they, or they were setting up for a possible sequel. At least where you lose me a little bit. Yeah, He says that he already wrote a sequel as well. So it's like, my thing is like, how do you do a sequel to this and um uh, while I'm while I'm thinking of it you know one missed opportunity that I saw in this fucking film just one thing that would have made me so goddamn happy as a Ty West fan was throughout the film there is a Tom Noonan is he in, well yeah that too I was about to say, is he in this um yeah right yeah, yeah that would be amazing <laughs> but the preacher that that's on the television and kind of throughout the movie dude if it would have been the same actor from the sacrament and it would have gone full circle with that, I okay. would have been like, 
the happiest motherfucker on the planet because like I just I, it would have worked and it would have been such a nice nod to his other film. Like I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Endless uh, from yeah. from Benson and Moorhead. So in that film, um, there are two characters that are stuck in that loop that is from another one of his films and it was just a huge nod to fans of that. So like I just I just felt like it would it wouldn't have changed anything in the movie but it would have been a nice nod. So I just while I was thinking of it I wanted to fucking throw that out there. And Joe yeah. I'm into Joe, that. You, you got to watch that. the Sacrament, yeah. man. I I do need to check out the Sacrament. Uh I just just real quick. I mean I I don't know if you want to talk about it now but like I I don't think you know that's what keeps that's what's going to keep this film from being uh almost perfect for me is that sequel and it's like I don't need all those things answered and that's what I loved so much about this because there was all of those little things like you were saying and I was like this is great because now my brain is working and I'm saying oh my god how long have they been fucking doing this shit what exactly is the deal with this you know uh, who, who whose fucking car is that I don't need to know and I like it that way you know but that's me personally. I, I know what you mean. That's yeah. the double-edged sword in, the, in today's movie making because you know if the, the option for a sequel is always going to be on the table with every fucking thing. So I mean, dude, they had, you walk they had out, a post-credits you, fucking scene, for Christ's sake. Pearl. Well, there, it's a, it's a teaser see. for Pearl. That's a teaser yeah, for Yeah, I didn't Pearl. see that. It, it, yeah, dude, it was, it was Some, awesome. Somebody, like, somebody like sent me that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't me personally, I don't need yeah. that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean that that's there obviously. When I saw it at the the press screening or whatever, they didn't show that because the movie hadn't come out yet. But that, so I didn't even know that was a thing until people were p- tweeting about it and shit. And I was like, oh, did I miss something? Um, but no, it, it's it's I, I liked the footage. I mean, it, it looks interesting. It looks like totally different visually than what we it saw lo- in this. It movie. looks insane. But, Is that um, her grandma? What's that? Is that her grandmother? Mia Goth's grandmother? Uh, we don't know. We don't know that 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 I, it's it's I possible. Just, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, they, it's the same actress. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's yeah. We didn't, Mia Goth incredible. playing Pearl in that too. Yeah. So I didn't know if we if you want to talk about that. Did yeah. you guys catch that during the film or after? What that it, Mia Goth was playing Pearl. I knew that she was wearing makeup, but I didn't know it was Mia Goth. Yeah. Mm. I knew it was a younger woman, but I didn't know. I I thought she was gonna like turn young or like eat one of these people and become young or something. But I was like, I was like, that bitch is wearing makeup. That's not, she's not old for real. Well, that's good. Well, also you're an expert on that, right? So you can tell. Well, I'm not an expert. I just have an eye for it. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with, I, I, I didn't know for sure at first. I, I didn't know Mia Goth was Pearl. Definitely didn't. Cause I didn't look into that or anything like that. Um, but about halfway through the movie, I, I was like, man, she does look really fucking ugly, like creature like in terms. It was just the makeup was really well done, but it was also kind of overdone at times. Like, oh yeah, I had no idea it was it was her. Yeah, I, I didn't know that going in for sure. Dude, I, Joe, I'm I'm with you. I, I thought like, okay, she's gonna fucking eat one of these people or like absorb their energy and like you know make them like a skeleton right. and become young again. When she got in bed with um, Britney Snow's character. Which, by the way, can we talk about Britney Snow for a second? Jesus Christ. Like, I've been waiting <laughs> since 2004 for this. Yeah. And I got it. You got it. <laughs> Saved in the memory bank. There it is. I've been waiting since Vin Diesel's The Pacifier for this. Yeah. She, I mean, she is just smoke show um, in everything that she's in. But she's, God, she's a fucking smoke show. But um, 
Oh no no, she, it wasn't Brittany Snow. I'm sorry. It was uh, it was Mia Goth when when mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah, Mia yeah, Goth. Yeah. I was gonna say my no, no 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 vaccine <laughs> mix. Yeah yeah yeah. No, <laughs> it, it was. I was, I was, I was like, say, oh shit, I, it just sounded like I, a dope. I, th- I, I think, think my mind just wanted to talk about Britney Snow. And it was like, <laughs> hey man, you're just thinking right. about it all but, night. Like I gotta get this. Yeah, out. when when Pearl got into Maxine's bed and started caressing her and shit, I was like, she's gonna absorb her. It's coming. It's gonna happen. Instead, it was just. Her rubbing her bloody, grimy, dirty fucking hands on her, which was disgusting. See, I just thought like she, this, this, this old bitch is just gonna fuck everybody. Well, I, that's I mean, the thing I she, thought too. GVD man, Granny Van Dam. I don't mean to fucking interject movie dumpster in this motherfucker, but that's who she is. She's looking to take our clothes off and fuck people, oh man. Oh my god, Granny Van Dam. Oh, hey boys, hey you epic film guys, oh. boys, you like my naked ass or what? <laughs> yeah. Because the dude in the basement <laughs> hanging there was like basically there to have sex with her, right? I, I guess. Because ha- the whole thing that I got from it, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, is that Howard couldn't have sex with her anymore because sure. of his heart. Or he didn't want to because of his heart. And so they kept this dude naked tied up in the basement to have sex with her. But then she also wants to have sex with Maxine because she's like telling her husband Howard, like, oh no, that's the one I want. I don't care about anybody else. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, man, because I didn't know if she was like, oh, that's the one she's going to pick because she's going to absorb her and then like turn into yeah, her or some yeah, shit. That, I, I was, yeah. you know, I was waiting for that as well. But that's a that's a good angle, too. I, I also love the fact that like sex was the answer for like all of that couple's problems, because once they fuck in that that porno fucking studio shack that's on their property. Right. Um, <laughs> once they fuck, she's like. Everything's better now. We found each other again. Like, you know, essentially she's saying we don't have to kill people anymore, or do this anymore, because, like, we're back to being us again. Like, we're back to fucking. They must have, n- we- they must have not fucked for, like, what, 60 yeah, years? No, no, not that long, but a long-ass time. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's that moment there where, like, again, Joe was saying earlier, and I agreed, there's so much emotion in that scene that afterward it, 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 it makes you think about, like, being that old. And not being able to do those things, not being able to have that kind of passion, and with with your spouse or whatever, like it, it, or, it, or relationship, or relationship, with your wife. yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It makes it difficult, especially if you know when you're older. It doesn't mean those feelings go away. They they get smaller, but you know, it's, you're still Justin, human. I'm all I'm all better now. Yeah, I'm all so, better now. Him and his one fucking tooth, man. <laughs> one fucking tooth. Like, Oh man! And it's like man, just pluck it at that point. Just take it out. He can he can fucking slurp up all his soup with with I that. I mean, smile. honestly, he could be slurping that pussy. Oh dude. my he god! Can that far. <laughs> that ain't gonna give him a heart attack, right? I'm just gonna no. numb that shit. Oh, I mean, no, no man. If, he's, if, he, he's like a fucking World War Two fucking <laughs> hero. He's not fucking going down on anybody. Dude, that's true. You know, yeah. he's been in if, a couple he, foxholes already. If he treats his dick like he treats his teeth. No wonder his sex life is in the tank. <laughs> You know. Oh God. Uh, so, <laughs> my, my question is, let's talk about favorite kills. What What was your guys' favorite <sighs> kill in this movie? Oh, that's so hard. I, oh, man, I got two. That's cheating, Joe, Brady. I said fucking what's your one. Favorite? I don't give a fuck. Damn! Don't talk to your dad like that. You're not my real dad. <laughs> None of your dads are your real dad. <laughs> I'm your real fucking dad. I'm taking. I'm taking the title. Damn it. No, but Joe, what What was your favorite, dude? Uh, honestly, dude. Yeah, I I gotta go with that first one. It that is just my fucking brand. Uh, with the with the stabbing and then like, oh my god, she stabbed him, and then it was like, oh, she's just gonna keep stabbing keep him until his it. head is almost fucking detached from oh. his body. 
It was delicious. Poor RJ. Dude, oh, and then and then she like she you get a little she fucking does, Evil Dead there with the blood on the yeah. lights and shit. And then she does like a weird ballet dance in front of his fucking pretty much decapitated body. Man, that, that shot was so beautiful. That, yeah, it was. <sighs> it's like her release, dude. Yeah. Uh, my favorite kill was definitely uh, Bobby Lynn, Britney Snow's character, and the Gator. Oh, that was, because that I was, was waiting. That was a great setup throughout this entire movie for a Gator to kill someone. And well, yeah. when you look back at the movie, though, like, Justin, I don't know if you caught this your second time around. I went and saw it again today. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the dude. beginning, she's yeah, walking they, out they, of the strip club, and she's you got see a gator the, the, pulling you know, her panties. Yeah. Bayou burlesque. Yeah, you see the blonde chick painted up there with the alligator grabbing off her bikini bottoms. So yeah. I noticed that that first viewing. I was like, but I never connected that. And then later on, I was like, oh, shit, dude. They yeah. totally had that in there. Um yeah, it was that was fucking. Beautiful. But it was so good because I thought that um, Kid Cudi's character was going to get the gator when he finds the flashlight that Howard had planted there. Same. I was yeah. like, cool, like a gator's going to come up and get him. And then when that didn't happen, it kind of just went out of my mind. And then you're back at the pier, and I was like, oh shit, like this is how it ends for it, her. And I thought it was great. It's, it it's like, called master storytelling bitch. because my goodness, yeah, <sighs> bitch, bitch. <laughs> and that looked good too. That, that I mean, the alligator in that shot looked it looked fantastic, it man. Mm, it yeah. looked legit for sure that's probably i mean i have to say that that might be my favorite i mean but at the same time joe's that was when that hit and i think you have to talk about this in this conversation when it comes to the kills the movie like i know jeremy loves these a slow burn it Loved waits it, it oh, waits yeah, yeah me and too. when you finally get it that first kill and I saw some people like complaining, well, the rest of the kills are so quick. You don't see much. I'm like, dude, seriously, that first kill was so brutal and amazing. That's all I really needed. It set the bar. And then I was yeah. everything else after that was just good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's um, just well placed and 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 it, it, impactful yes. is what it is. Like you can cut. Like, obviously, we just talked about Texas Chainsaw uh, 2022. You can fucking cut heads off and hands and have a whole fucking massacre in a, in a bus. And that's great for certain movies but like i can appreciate like just like you justin and, and everybody else like we took our time to get there and then when it finally fucking happened you're like oh shit yeah. another another one that fucking scared the shit out of me was when um ortega was coming out of the, she 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 hatches oh, her way yeah. out of the fucking uh basement oh man the hand oh and dude God. comes up and smashes her fucking hand with the shotgun butt oh my God, I was I in the theater. I like I was like, oh, dude, I grabbed my hand. I grabbed <laughs> yeah. my fucking hand dude, and like I, put it under my arm. <laughs> I want to talk about her real quick since we're here. And I know Joe, you said you you weren't a huge fan of her in Scream uh, Five, Justin same, but like when she not finds, her fault. I think yeah. it's the script's fault. When, but. when she finds that body in the basement, her scream was fucking fantastic. Oh, it's and amazing. The facial reaction, yeah. oh, like, big time. She's gonna go so fucking far. Oh yeah, definitely scream I, scream queen uh, in the making for sure. Oh, for I sure, mean, just. Just needs the, you know, she was in Studio Six, like six for five seconds too. But I mean, she's on her way there, man. And 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 now, now is a time where that title means something to people. Whereas five, ten, twenty years ago, you know, being a couple horror movies, that was kind of like something you wanted to be hidden under the carpet. But like a stepping now, stone, it's yeah. like, well, I could be the next sure. Scream Queen, and uh, it's it's awesome that you know actresses are out there striving for that. And she did a great job in this she, movie. She did, dude. She, actually, that. She's my favorite kill in this movie because I did not expect for her to go out at that exact moment. It was a surprise kill. And the reaction of, of you know, when she runs outside and instantaneously, it's bam! And she goes flying oh, yeah. backwards, dude. 
I was like, church oh, mouse. shit, like, dude, I almost thought that, like, maybe, you know, I, I guess because her star is rising, I was like, dude, maybe she's going to be the one that makes it out of life. I didn't fucking know, man, and... It kept you guessing, and that was the best. That was one of the best parts. It did. It did, and I, I, I loved it. It wasn't, you know, the most elaborate kill or anything, but it was one that made you go, "Oh shit!" Which uh, yeah, it made you jump out of your seat a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate. I appreciate kills like that. They kind of catch you off guard. Yeah, and I gotta Pretty- say, I mean, I know it's we've seen it done so many times before. It was probably the most Italian esque thing oh, yeah. uh, in the movie, but uh, Wayne's the pitchfork through the eyes was just fucking. Amazing, and then what it came? Great. What came after that, though? Just Pearl standing over the body with that her shadow up against the wall, with her with the pitchfork, was just beautiful imagery. And then she's just like trying to cover him with hay. I don't yeah, know. Why would she, yeah. she need to cover him? I don't know. But I just I thought that was just a great scene in general. Yeah, Good to not alert anybody, I guess. Well, be, oh, <laughs> Brady, you you mentioned Church Mouse, dude. Um, Ortega's arc in this. I don't know about you. I want to talk a little bit about the, emo- the 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 way I felt for a lot of the the non-murderous aspects of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, so they're making a porno, right? Well, an elevated porno, bit. an A twenty four porno, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they're making a porno, and there's this guy who's who wants to sh- make a make a a good film out of the por- the porno, and his, and his girlfriend is Ortega. So she's watching uh, Mia Goth and that other chick get fucked. By this dude, by by uh, Kid Cudi, and she she's like a, she's like, oh my god, you have sex because um, you have sex without like loving the person or whatever, and she's like, it's just sex or whatever. But then she is like this uptight like prude chick, and then all of a sudden she's like, well, I want to be in the movie, and dude is like, no, you can't be in the movie, you can't get fucked by Kid Cudi, and I'm not gonna film it. <laughs> And she's like, "No, I want the big black dingus." And he's like, "No, no, we're we're." He said dating. that thing you will kill can't you. Do that, <laughs> but like, dude, when he when, when he has to he has to shoot this right. They're like, "What the fuck?" He wasn't Let, the only you know. one shooting, if you know what I mean. I, well, yeah, but dude has to shoot all of this, and then like later he's in the bath, the 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 the, the shower, like crying and shit. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "We've all fucking been there, right?" Like, oh yeah, getting cheated on or 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 just you know whatever i don't know it just it just hit pretty fucking hard and it had no like horror aspect to it the juxtaposition of that of what happens right after that scene is great to me absolutely dude it's also kind of jarring how much he looks like one of the actors from the evil dead remake like they look like the same person it's unbelievable kinda yeah i would also say that uh kid cuddy's character i i always forget his fucking name it keeps slipping Anybody have his name? Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. I didn't even know it was Kid Cody until you guys said it. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> I, thinking of myself in my head like, wow. I think his death was the most tragic of them all because like, he's been through Vietnam. He talks about how farmers shot at him. And he's just trying to be a good person and help this guy find his wife. Even though the dude's like been pointing a gun to him and probably shouldn't trust him. But he's like, oh, yeah, once a Marine, always a Marine, right? And then just to get fucking blown away. Yep. That's that's the that was like the whole coup de gras, dude. Once a marine, always a marine, and then just gets fucking murked. Yep. You know, I got a I got a comment on that that I was so happy that there was no uh, racial aspect to mm-hmm. those scenes. You could tell there was tension between those two characters, old man, mm-hmm. black dude. You could tell he didn't like him, but I was just happy that we didn't have to hear yep. you know any racial slurs or anything like that because sure. I I felt like that could have been in there and it would have really put people off. Agree. 
I didn't need it. Yeah, you, know? you can you can have the tension there. You can tell what he's feeling or they're both feeling, if you will, without having to say that. And it just goes to show you can you can do those scenes without having to to bring that word into the mix. I, I, I love yeah. I love that although they're, you know, on this property filming a porno, that these people and you know, and you know, Mia Goth's character Maxine is doing Coke like the whole time. They're drinking, you know, some of the characters are drinking beer. That despite all those things, they're still good people. Like none of them, likable. Yeah, yeah, none of them dismiss the elderly couple. They're not like, "Hey, your wife's missing. Mm, hope you find her. Have a good night." They're all like, well, "Let me help you." Like, "Are you okay?" Like, even even yeah. when she, you know, that, that first kill where she holds that guy and she wants to be embraced, he doesn't like immediately push her away. He's like, "Okay, like maybe this lady needs some love. Like something's wrong." So like he kind of stands there and hugs her and like allows himself to be hugged like every, all of the characters are just they're they're nice and they're helpful and and it completely goes against a lot of the the tropes that we get in horror films with with unlikable characters that's a, that's a big message of the film Jeremy uh the fact that like you don't need to be this by the book religious christian churchgoer or whatever you can do all this debauchery but still be a good person yep. right yeah. i mean I, that's that's what i took Absolutely. away from it yeah, it yeah. made them real people. That was exactly, yeah. I, mean, I, I felt like right. I could relate to them. And typically these characters would be people that you are supposed to dislike. And I ended up finding something charming about each, every, actually every one of them. I mean, maybe my, um, minus RJ, you know, the cameraman. I, I, I appreciated they put like a film buff in there, like someone that really wanted to make a movie, but he's probably the least likable, but I still liked him. You know what I mean? So like our, our main group of characters were all, likable which again is very rare in a slasher movie yeah and they all have their place too yeah exactly so to to make the all the cogs to make it all work you know so yeah 100 percent fucking great film yeah (laughs) i mean i really liked it a lot yeah i I loved the shit out of this movie i felt like you know coming out of it i was just so thankful that it exists and so appreciative because we just don't see movies like this i mean and i've always said you know and i'm not a filmmaker so i can't really say that i've ever done it myself but it's not rocket science i mean this kind of movie if if you look at the basics of what makes them successful you know it's all basic it's all right there in front of you just follow what's there and then do something fresh with it like this movie did you know what i mean and look how successful that can be i not financially but in terms of the audience reaction i mean i've yet to see anyone say they hated this movie i'm sure there's Mm. people out there that have said it but the vast majority of horror fans seem to really take away a a lot of positivity from this movie it's hard to compare it to anything yeah i mean like really compare Mm. it to something be like oh this is totally this and it's not i mean the the thing that i've seen thrown around the most is is texas chainsaw because it, it it has that visual aesthetic to it a little bit yeah, oh, it has a feel of it. It has the feel of that '74 Toby Hooper movie, sure. but it's not. No, not that. at all. Like I don't. I when when I'm sure you guys have said it too. But like when I say Texas Chainsaw Massacre '74, like I don't mean that it is like that movie in terms of what that movie is, but just how it feels. Mm-hmm. Like when I walked into this, when I sat the fuck down and that opening shot came up, I don't know about y'all, but like it was like oh. It's summertime and I'm hot and sweaty and disgusting and I love it. Oh yeah, yeah you can smell the fresh air and the weeds and I definitely and I, the dead bodies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the fucking blood and gore. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, that was all wonderful actually, and I and I loved that it had those elements at the forefront so much. I got I mean, 
big Texas Chainsaw 74 vibes, like in the scene where their van pulls up to the house, mm. but also Friday the 13th part three. Like I kept that kept just sticking in my head the entire time with this group of kids. Minus Shelly, of course. Part part three is my favorite, dude. And I love I think three. It's a, I think it's a little underrated in terms of like the stories being told there because like again, it, well, Justin had just said it like, oh, you know, a lot of slashers aren't known for their stories, but like there's a chick in that that's dealing with like uh, 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 PTSD from getting attacked by Jason, yeah. or you know, she doesn't slash, know it's Jason. Slash raped, whatever you know, wherever they're yeah, going yeah, yeah, slash raped or whatever, and then dealing with her like overbearing guy that she slept with one time. That's there. Then we got the other uh, uh, Spanish chick who has to deal with all her family life that we kind of get a glimpse into, and then Shelly, who's the outcast who can't fucking hang out with anybody because he's just too busy being a dick because he because he's overcompensating. Yeah. You know, there's so many. There is a lot of good characters in that film. You know, yeah. Maybe one of these in my days. Opinion. Maybe one of these days we'll have to have you on to talk about that one. That's not one that has ever been covered on the Epic Film Guys or Brain Stew, <sighs> and I'd love to talk about that one. So that's my fave, dude. Uh, I mean, besides five, and I like what because I I like what five does for the series. But anyway, yeah. Which, as of this recording, is celebrating its 37th anniversary. So happy 37th anniversary to them, damn enchiladas. To and to Roy, yeah. here's to you. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but, we're going to go around I'll tell you what, I got two chocolate bars, but I can only give one of you one of them, okay? You could just forget it. Motherfucker gets hacked up because of a chocolate bar. Oh, Jesus Christ. What's the Dude, world speaking, coming to? Speaking of porn, uh, the director of that movie, uh, Danny, what's his last name? Yeah. Uh, of uh, uh, Friday 13th I'm, I'm calling a blank. Danny. I'm calling a blank. Well, whatever it is. Uh, dude, yeah, Danny I'm not going to cheat. Yeah, well, anyways, he uh, he had filmed some like porno and smut before uh, making that movie. So the Steinman. only movie I know what is it before that was Savage Streets. Danny Steinman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I met him once at a Monster Mania. Uh, I, I, I think he only did one or two shows, but yeah, he uh, filmed uh, porno, much like the people in the movie X, and you know, he later made a horror film, and the people in X lived a horror film. So you know, there's that little maybe yeah. it's a violation. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really interesting because, like, you can see the echoes of that in that film yeah. big time. But we're going to go around the horn, guys. Right now, we're going to do that little segment on the show we call Trash It or Treasure It. And we're going to start with our guest, Joe. I think I already know your answer to this, but we got to throw it to you. Trash It or Treasure It? Oh, Treasure It, baby. Right on we, we, on my show, we like to say it's on the shelf uh, big yeah. time. Um. Like I said in the beginning, I mean, this is just a very r- refreshing foray into the genre, especially the fact that it was released, like I got a wide release. I was able to go and see this in the theater, and that to me is kind of priceless. You know, a lot of the shit is going to streaming. I mean, God knows how much shit is fucking going yeah. to streaming. Like, everybody and their fucking mother is making a film and putting it on, on, on uh, stre- streaming platforms, but like... With so much noise, and there's there's so much to weed through, and 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 and, and the things that uh, kind of get lost in the kerfuffle. I'm glad that this one was able to kind of shine through all of that and come out theatrically, and everybody's making a big deal of it being in theaters, which is in turn giving it more uh, uh, press or or notoriety, which is great. Um, so more eyes get on it. Um, it. It just feels good to me because. 
we have a very well-crafted film. Ty West is on his fucking A-game with this. It's not going to be for everybody, but it was certainly for me. Um, It echoes, like we we just talked about, it echoes, uh, you know, that that Texas Chainsaw 74 feel. It's dripping with uh, that that 70s aesthetic that I love so much that we got in uh, House of the Devil that I just loved so much. Um, and then we get a slasher <laughs> in that universe, in that with, with all of that uh, aesthetic uh, kind of surrounding it, and it's an it's it's an original, fun uh, uh, movie that makes you think, and and it's just well crafted, and the storytelling's great, and uh, I cannot wait to see it again. I didn't get a chance to go see it again in the theater, but uh, I'm gonna try to before it before it gets out for sure. Jeremy, what you think? Trash it or treasure it, baby? Treasure. I fucking love this I movie, curious, dude. Man. I fucking loved. I, yeah. I loved this movie, man. I loved every single thing about this movie. It was shot so beautifully. I loved the characters. I loved the villains. I loved the motivations. I loved the humor. I loved the gore. This was an absolute home run for me, man. Absolute home run. So yeah, treasure the fuck out of this. Be ready. Oh yeah, this is definitely being treasured. I mean. It's, I'm just going to echo what Joe and Jeremy have already said. It's a fucking love letter to slashers, man. And that's what mm. we're all about on this show. And, you know, it's it's a love letter without ripping them off, right? So it's its own yes. thing. And yes. the characters are great. And you feel for other characters, even the villains. Like, Pearl and Howard have such a great storyline, which is why, like, I'm personally excited for the prequel, Pearl. Because I want to see more of this character that I'm so conflicted about, you know? Yeah, I want to see how they got to where they got. That's going to be really interesting. Exactly. Um, and the scenery is great. I think the shots are great. Joe, you hit something perfectly with that first kill, like the Evil Dead. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what the fuck that is. And it's just... Oh, yeah, in the basement with the light bulb yeah. and on the uh, on the headlights, yeah. There's just so much about this movie that I find to love. And the more I think about it, the more it pops up. So this is definitely going to be one that I watch over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think that this definitely has rewatchability. I mean, um, a lot of times these kinds of movies, you'll want to wait a while before you see it again. I couldn't wait to see this again. Then it was just as good on my second viewing as it was the first time. And I knew everything that was coming. Um, For me, it's 100% treasure the fuck out of this thing. This is one of my favorite modern horror movies in the past. I can't even tell you how many years. Um I usually don't like to throw throw around big words like that, but I mean, really, it, it seriously knocked my fucking socks off. And I've been saying for so long, just to in general, like in conversation or on this show, when it comes to slasher movies, I just have never understood why it's so hard for filmmakers to make a successful one. I mean, there are good ones that come out or ones that I really like, but they seem to have so many problems. But somehow here, Ty West just crafted this beautiful love letter and I say love letter because it's not a ripoff if, if it's done with care and precision and the, the kind of um, beautiful uh, he just took it in his hands very gently and calmly and took what he loved and just shaped it a little bit and gave it to us and I think it was just done perfectly I love how the movie waits and gives you that slow burn great suspense beautiful imagery and something we didn't touch on that i really enjoyed was that in as much as i love synth i love fucking synth wave i love synth scores we got a really haunting different score from tyler bates and chelsea wolf yes something yes very operatic at times a little bit weird and ethereal but i i 
listen, like 10 years ago, I was all about all the horror movies using synth scores again, but now it seems like every fucking movie is doing it and it all sounds the same. So it was a breath of fresh air again to have something a little bit different and something that was kind of strange to hear with the 70s setting. But um, that along with all of the needle drops worked here, you know, fear the reaper on with that first kill. Beautiful. And, you know, that mm. could have gone either way for me because it's such a popular song. Loved it. I loved every fucking thing about this movie. I I can't wait to see it again. I can't wait to buy this shit. I ordered some of the merch from A24, which is <laughs> oh, super fucking expensive, but I didn't care. I was oh, like, geez. I was like, fuck it, dude. I'll I'll take that shit. I got to support this movie. But ladies and gentlemen, Man, you just you just fucking nailed it with with how Ty West taking this and, and tenderly giving it the care and, yeah. and, and and taking its time with it, like taking your time with a child. That's exactly you know how I, I mean? thought in my head. Like when you're visualizing yeah. it, you're just like gently rubbing. I love you. I'm going yeah. to keep nurturing you. And, you know, that's how this movie seemed like he really put so much love and passion into this thing. Big time, and I never thought I'd say it, but I'm I'm, I'm getting tired of the neo neon shit, and that's like my brand. And I'm just like, all right, that 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 that's that's enough. Can we can we can we bring it back to more stuff like this? We need more passion like this, and we need more storytelling like this for uh, our horror films. Yeah, in my opinion, I couldn't agree more. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Brain Stew. We got to thank our guest Joe from Movie Dumpster for joining us again. The last time he joined us, we talked about The Prowler, and that that episode came out back in the fall. So if you're interested in checking that out, go ahead and download it. And Joe, for our listeners that are uninitiated when it comes to Movie Dumpster, tell them a little bit about it and where they can find it. Oh well, we're a movie a movie review podcast as well, and we do we we cover the the spectrum of uh, uh, B movies, um, and we get them out of the dumpster, and we uh, bring them to you hidden gems, uh, out there oddities, all kinds of good stuff. You can find us at moviedumpsterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube now, uh, youtubecom moviedumpster. We do we're in the video format, uh, as we like to say. Um, yeah, check us out. And again, uh, huge thanks to uh, Epic Film Guys for having me again. It's always a blast hanging out with you guys and uh, talking movies, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. You're welcome anytime, and we look forward to any opportunity to collaborate with you guys. You're absolutely slaughtering it. Um, so props on Gotta that, Gotta get man. you guys on the show, man. Gotta get you guys on the show again. We're down anytime, baby. Anything, anytime. Hell yeah. But Jeremy, if our listeners want to find us, this is this is this is the time where you know you need to tell them where they can find. Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for mentioning <laughs> that, uh, Justin. Uh, so if you want to leave uh, some comment messages about uh, the brain stews, uh, you can go on www.geocities.com <laughs> slash b underscore s underscore one five six stew. Uh, I only got angel fire, brother. I don't know what you... What? My, uh, my nephew, Jesse, he just uploaded a new picture that uh, he took of me at the diner, and I was looking totally baller, kid. So uh, you should fucking totally go go to our website and check it out and leave us a review message text. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Uh, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, we're on every single podcast platform. If you're listening to this, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. But again, as I said earlier in the show, I can't say it enough. If you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. And also, if you're listening on Spotify, it's even easier. Just have to leave a star rating, and that's it. It's all you got to do. 
But again, thank you, Joe, for coming on the show. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. And we'll be back again with more gory goodness for your eardrums. And as we always like to say, we ask you to keep it creepy. Creepy.